joined with my regular co-host here, the Magnificent, Cal McFadden, uh, on the Monday morning after the Liverpool debacle. Cal, I normally have, when we do the show, about three or four pages full of notes. I don't have any today. Um, simply because I, I almost feel like it's all a wasted exercise. Pointing out stats, pointing out things that indicate certain things. What I saw at the weekend was such a disgrace, this football club. You know, I've been a United supporter for a long time. And I remember in the 80s when United were way behind Liverpool, as we supposedly are now. But the one thing you always got, Colin, in the United-Liverpool games was the United team that went out and played for their shirt. The United team that went out and played for their fans, went out and played for their own self-respect and pride. Say what you want about tactics, say what you want about all the other things, and I'm going to get on to Ollie in a minute. But the intensity and the lack of I don't give a fuck, you're not my job, from half United players is a disgrace. The refusal, you know, Mourinho played Rashford, Sanchez might have you deep when he played him out wide because of their liability and not tracking runners. Those players aren't just not playing for Solskjaer, they're not playing for the fans, they're frauds. They're coming out with these social media nonsense that I don't know how whoever reads them. Uh, what you saw, Brendan Rodgers said a week ago that Leicester was pretty easy because the midfield didn't press. That United team at the weekend honestly looked like a charity 11 that had never played together in their lives. And where Solskjaer and McKenna and everyone else takes responsibility. What players and managers say when there's noise going on outside the football club? Judge me by what you see on the pitch. Fine. We're three years in, Ollie. And we're still getting five nils at home to Liverpool. That's unacceptable. Mourinho was sacked after losing 2-0 to Liverpool, and deservedly so, by the way. This football club's come from come full circle. When he came in, he said he wanted to be the fittest, hard and work, hardest working team in the league. Well, what, what happened? Because that's not the fittest, hardest working team in the league. An absolute disgrace that the people responsible for what we see on the pitch should go collectively. They are all responsible. I... I, I can't agree more. Um, yesterday, I was I was angry. I was fizzing. Um, I, I just, I'll be honest with you, I hated football. Uh, after full time went yesterday, I didn't want to uh, look at football for for a fair few hours. But this morning, today, I've just been filled with a sense of sadness. Um, a sense that, unfortunately, whether Ollie has a stay of execution for the weekend or whatever it may be. I just feel that the inevitable is coming. And unfortunately, a man who is a great Manchester United man, who's done a good job up to this point, has, it's, it's undeniable. He's taken the club as far as he possibly can. And the thing that really frustrates me, Phil, and, and you mentioned it in your intro there, is if Ollie was going to leave Manchester United, it's only a matter of time now. I wanted him to go out with some dignity. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to be able to, to walk out the front door and, and be able to move on with his head held high. And I still think he can do that to an extent if he was to mm-hmm. go in the next 48 hours. Absolutely. But those players, what they, the effort they put in in the park yesterday was, was abysmal. Um, 
Luke at Maguire and, and Shaw for, 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 the state, for the goal. Um, Pogba, Kevin's tackle, in my opinion, you could say, oh, he was frustrated, been subbed, and wanted to go on and prove a point. I get all that, but it, it was a lazy, lazy challenge that summed up United's display. It was disjointed, it was disorganised, it was lacking in cohesion. We've said these things week upon week upon week. And the manager and the coaching staff should be singled out for aspects of that. Of course, they should. But those players, as you've said, have to be able to show more, have to be able to produce more. I love Cristiano Ronaldo, Phil. I love Bruno Fernandes. But see the waving the arms in the air every five minutes? It absolutely frustrates me. Go and grab someone by the scruff of the neck and tell them what you want. Don't just throw your hands in the air as if, oh, it's their problem, not mine. It should be everybody's problem. And yes, change has to come. Change is absolutely inevitable now. I just hope there's a way Ollie can go out, as I say, with some level of dignity. I don't know how the club or him are able to to sort of engineer that dignity given the, the state of affairs yesterday. It's it's a bleak time. Yesterday was a bleak result. There's There's no hiding from it. We, you like Ollie, you've interviewed Ollie, I've, I've met Ollie myself, he's a lovely guy, he's a Manchester United legend, he always will be, and, and I will support him until the day he leaves, if he's in charge at the weekend, he'll have my full support, um, albeit I'm holding my hands up, a change is absolutely necessary and required, but those players need to have a long hard look at themselves, I, I mentioned them on the show last week, I'm not singling one player out, but Luke Shaw last season got all the plaudits for being a fantastic footballer, doing well at the Euros, He's been very poor for a few weeks now. He's not the only one. He's not the only one. But they need to look at themselves in the mirror because to, to go from where they were last season and the standards they set to throwing in performances like that, uh, it's nothing short of abysmal. And I know this is a long rant. I apologise. But the one thing that's also pissing me off today, Phil, is the leaks that are coming out. Oh, Solskjaer's lot. Uh, he's mm. not a manager we believe can take us forward. We had concerns when he started that Jack Dan James in the first few games. We had this, we had that. Mm-hmm. Show some cojones and take some ownership yourselves. It's easy to leak to the media five, six, seven, eight reasons why the man shouldn't be in a job. Take some accountability because Roy Keane famously said, Leopards don't change their spots, and there's a few in that dressing room that haven't changed now, and they certainly won't change for the next man either. Well, maybe not, Callum, but what I will say is anyone in that dressing room now is there because Ollie chose to keep him there. Simple as that, right? So in my opinion, this is his squad. These are the people he chose to depend on, to rely on. And yes, people will let you down. And there's an old saying in football, never give players an excuse to lose. They'll take it. Um, There's been times where Solskjaer has been questioned where I feel he could have done a better job. And... We talk about this nice guy persona. I think at times, yes, uh, 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 press conferences are theatre a bit. And sometimes it is about portraying an image. And I think when Solskjaer was coming out saying things like, these are not must-win games against Villarreal, that was a really bad mistake. Because I think that sends a terrible message to your players. I think um, when you see all these leaks, this was entirely predictable. This happened on the Mourinho, it happened on the Van Hal. I remember Rooney having a meeting with the press but when, when, when Van Hal was there um, and leaked a bunch of stuff right before he left. Um, this happens all the time. When a man, this is when you know. When it, see, to me, when I was when looking at Solskjaer and Mourinho, 
first of all, it doesn't have to be identical to how it was on the Mourinho for Solskjaer to get sacked. But I thought to myself, the biggest factor in whether Solskjaer will go right now and how quickly, it actually won't be results. It'll be what's going on inside the football club. Because if he loses that dress, a number of significant portion of those players turn around and go to United Sport and go, we want, we want rid of him, he's gone. Right? And I think he's gone now anyway. United don't want to sack him. It's an extremely uncomfortable position for them to be in. They don't want to do this. And I'm pretty sure that that contract he got in the summer will have all sorts of break clauses in it. I doubt United would be so stupid as to not learn from Mourinho. But Tom, once again, what escapes all of the criticism is the people that pick these managers. Because at the end of the day, if I'm hiring a plumber to fix my house and I'm five or six plumbers in, and none of them have actually come close to fixing it, have actually made it worse. I think I'm entitled to turn around to missus and say, hey, you get, so you get someone at this point, and I don't escape responsibility. And I keep hearing these stupid metrics about United DNA. Has to get the club. Did Sir Matt Busby get the club? He played for Liverpool and City. Did Ferguson get the club? He never said fruit in Old Trafford before he got the job. These ridiculous... Ridiculous uh, red lines that are supposedly, we can't do this unless it's this. The, my concern is this, Callum. Who inside, like, I mean, take a look at Bayern Munich when the Eagles and everything. Do you, would you trust United to, to appoint someone a visionary appointment like that? It'll end up being someone obvious. Because there is no, oh, above social football, there is no visionaries. Right? Yet here we are again saying, hey, go, go have another go. Right? And, I, and I'm telling you, Callum, it's unacceptable that if Solskjaer's job is going to be publicly scrutinized, which he, he understands that comes with the job, he's going to get criticized, so should theirs. Why do they keep getting away with it? How many, how many times over the last four, five, six years, if we talked about United badly needing a modern footballing structure, it came up under Van Hal, it came up under Mourinho, it's came up under Ollie, and I know internally they've maybe had a few reshuffles, Darren Fletcher, John Murta, etc., but it, we're still in the same situation. I know Ed Woodward's announced he's leaving, I saw a report today that he may be staying on to next April now, I don't know how much uh, truth's in that, I think it was James Ducker in the Telegraph that reported that today. Um, it just makes you wonder. Um, the, the same people, as you've said, who have failed to to, to pinpoint uh, a manager or a structure for United to, to improve over the last going on nearly ten years now, are going to be tasked with the same the, the, the same situation again. And you're right in the sense that it will be somewhat obvious. I think the two obvious names that are out of work, as we talked about in last week's show, are Antonio Conte and Zinedine Zidane. I find it intriguing that United are sort of putting that message out there that they're unsure on Conte um, as that part of a negotiation, negotiating tactic, I don't quite know, but I found it quite interesting that that was kind of coming out today um, because out of all the managers that are out of work, even though Zidane is an option, Conte is probably the most obvious hitman who can come in and maybe try and fix something quickly or butt heads together quickly. Whether they want to do that again, having been down that road with Mourinho, I don't quite know. The only thing I would say on Antonio Conte, and I think it's something that is important to mention um, on him in particular, Van Hal joined United three years after he finished third with Bayern Munich. 
and he was managing at the World Cup with the Netherlands, albeit he was able to do a good job. But it looked as if club football had sort of surpassed him by the time he came to United. Jose Mourinho didn't come to United after conquering all with Inter Milan. He didn't come to United after winning La Liga with Real Madrid. He came to United after being humiliated and sacked by Chelsea. So I think it's unfair for some people to say that Conte is going to be the exact same as Van Halle Mourinho. The man's just won Serie A with Inter Milan. They had to sell their best players. He's walked out. And I think the, the fact that Conte is a manager who won't take any nonsense from those above him. He's walked out of Juventus. He's walked out of Inter Milan. He's not at Chelsea. We know how that ended as well. He's not afraid to basically tell everyone what he thinks of his bosses and embarrass them by Inter Milan just by simply walking out when they've been very successful and say, look, I'll take a year out if, if, if that's what it takes for me to get another top job at. I don't, I don't need to be here and, and, and watch this club progress under me. So I think it's unfair to put him in the category of Mourinho and Van Gaal. And I think that's potentially why United are unsure, Phil. These people upstairs have never really been outed too much, in my opinion. Uh, Van Gaal outed uh, Woodward, of course, when he when he had left the club. But again, that's that's with the beauty of hindsight. He, he, it's easy to see that when you've left. Mourinho, to be fair, did it with the, with the centre-back situation that he alluded to multiple times. Oli, I don't think he's ever going to quite do that, whereas Conte's someone that will when he's in the hot seat, and I think that's maybe why United are unsure and scared of him. There is no obvious choice, I don't think, Phil, unlike Klopp when he was available for Liverpool and Guardiola with City and Tuchel for Chelsea. So I worry about where United go next. I don't think that's an excuse to say United don't need to change something majorly and quickly. I, I, I don't think you can... You can um, hold back from that change when it's staring you in the face that something badly needs to change and change now. But uh, as we've both said in the show for, for many, many times, I, I do worry about the people who are going to make that decision and I do worry what's going to sway their their, their thinking and, and appointing any new manager or coach or whatever it may be. There's certain moments where I feel you're a dead man walking and you can look back and say, that's the moment everything changed. And to me, for United under Mourinho, that that was Sevilla. Even though they gave him a new contract, I felt that after Sevilla, things were never the same. And I felt that once I watched that Khabib interview with Ferguson, that Ollie was finished. I felt then that the problem, part of the problem is Solskjaer relies heavily on that loyalty from Ferguson, but Ferguson, Solskjaer isn't the only person that Ferguson loves. And, you know, to me, there was only going to be one winner with Ronaldo in a Solskjaer situation. <clears throat> and I feel that um, where the club are at now, the, the club are going to fear protests. The club are going to fear going back to where they were. Right. They're, they're, so they're going to look at this and go, look, <clears throat> January's not a million miles away. We need to make this choice now, this season now. I think that it's easy identifying a problem, but identifying a solution's not the, not the hardest, not the, it's a lot harder. And I think that um, <clears throat> when you look at, it's easy to turn around and say, so it's going to need to be sacked. I think at this point, if we were looking at this type of performance a year in, I could get it, but not not three years in. And I want people to understand something because it's easy to turn around and say, all you idiots that wanted Solskjaer, you know, this is your fault. 
<clears throat> I want you to imagine someone coming in. I don't know, like Cantona. And Cantona wins United's next 10, 15 games playing exceptional football. Don't tell me the vast majority of United fans wouldn't clamour for his appointment. Because that's the part that you have to understand is the contrast from where it was under Mourinho to where it was under Solskjaer after 13, 14 games. Club legend. It was the closest United had ever come to getting it right. I didn't blame them for giving him the, the, the contract. I, I understood it at the time. But what I will say, there's no equivalence between a fan's appointment of you and those on the board. Because people on the board are paid an awful lot of money not to act emotionally and to be able to evaluate people in a, in a much more <clears throat> a detailed manner than what you and I would. Right? We don't get every saying we want. We don't get it. So, so to me, saying, oh, well, you fans wanted them, that, that's a poor answer to me. Because you're paid to make sure you don't act just like a fan. You're supposed to have expertise. So I understood why they gave Solskjaer the job. I even understood why they gave him the contract renewal in the summer. But if they aren't seriously concerned, which of course they are right now, the question would be, you are in, why not? And you are in dereliction of your duty. As a custodian of this football club, you are in dereliction of your duty. I, I, as as you, you hit the nail on the head again, and, and unfortunately, we're, we're at a point of, I suppose it's the, the, the one time I think the cliche in football, the corridor of uncertainty has, has came true. I'm uncertain about how United let Oli leave with some dignity, if they possibly can. I'm uncertain as to who on earth the current incumbents on the Manchester United board would, would go to next, as we've both said. And everything's just uncertain around the club at the moment. And again, I'm not for one minute saying Ronaldo's going to have power in this next appointment, but for talking sake, Antonio Conte comes into Manchester United and decides Cavani is who he wants to start up front for United every week because he'll give him more energy in what he wants with the team and that Ronaldo won't play every game. Is that going to be a problem for United? Could that be a massive problem in that dressing room? Could that uh, destabilise a new manager very quickly if he makes a bold decision on a player like Ronaldo? With Pogba, it's easy because obviously his contract's up in the summer, so he's either going to stay or he's going to go. And, and that, I'm sure, will be will be sorted relatively quickly, given the fact that he can speak to other clubs in January. But I, I just I just look at United and think, how on earth can you be in a position where you strengthen your squad in the summer, world-class talent, albeit there's a gaping hole in the, in the holding midfield position, as we've both talked about, arguably in the right-back position as well. But how can you be in a position only a few months later, after apparently strengthening to challenge for the league title, that you're now just filled with questions rather than answers? What happens as of tonight, as of tomorrow morning? Who comes in next? If they have to have an interim manager again while they look for candidates, who on earth could that be? The current coaching staff of McKenna, Phelan, Carrick, etc. have already been singled out by pundits, by fans, uh, I'm assuming by players, given the leaks as well, so it can't possibly them be them. So there's just so much uncertainty. And, and Gary Neville was right yesterday when he talked about the wave that was going to hit United today. The wave's been massive from everyone involved in football. Mm -hmm. United have put a few tweets out, but they've been very, very quiet, mm -hmm. um, con considering how, how vocal they normally are in situations. To be fair to United and the communications team, they are normally quite on the ball with um, letting journalists and, and trusted sources know um, what's going on if something important is, is happening. But they've been very quiet today, and that makes me think something is brewing. But as we've said already, what on earth that is, I have no idea. 
I saw a theory someone is putting online that maybe might get Saturday's game as a, a last sort of game, and no matter what, you'll leave after it. Is that something that's plausible? I, I don't quite know. I just, I, I just know it's an absolute mess, and and that is absolutely stating the obvious. But as you said at the start of the show, Phil, normally we've got notes. Normally we look at statistics, possession stats. We look at maybe changes in certain minutes. There's nothing that we can do this week that, as, that everyone hasn't watched themselves mm-hmm. and, and can easily see, and and it's hard to it's hard to put into words at the moment when United are going. I, I, as I say, yesterday it was it was anger, it was frustration, it was humiliation. Given the fact that it was Liverpool, it was Old Trafford. They scored five. They could have scored six, seven, eight, nine if they really wanted to. They took their foot off the gas, in my opinion. Um, I just I just don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know. What to say in terms of when United go next? Because as as, as I keep repeating, I, I just think it's completely uncertain, and you've not got the conviction uh, or courage of conviction to say they'll definitely get it right and they know what they're doing from here. I think there'll there'll be blind panic behind the scenes. Again, I could be totally wrong with that; that might surprise me. But I just think there will be a lot of heads sitting around the table thinking, "What on earth do we do from here? What on earth do we do?" Yeah, so I, I think that. Um... <clears throat> So I think if you look at what you're seeing with the team, I think this is the biggest indictment for me of coaching staff. Because what you clearly see in that United team when they're playing at the weekend is 11 people saying, well, if I'm not, if he's not going to work, I'm not going to work. Why am I doing it? And you can see that right throughout. And the thing is, you can attack as individuals, but you can't defend as individuals. And Luke Shaw is been responsible for so many goals. I don't know. Take a look at the Atlanta goals. Where do they come from? All down the right hand side. Right? I mean, all season this has been a problem. Right? Where the fullbacks come narrow, constantly caught out. You know, even I remember you know, the Brighton game, you know, where Wambasaka is constantly caught out going back last season. This just keeps constantly happening. And you're sitting here where where we were worried about this run of games. And I put out a tweet last week where I said, it wouldn't surprise me if United got a result this weekend, nor would it surprise me if they played like they did against Man City in the League Cup semi-final. Well, that's what we got. And there's been too many of that. There's been too many of the six to here's. Too many Tottenham's, too many RB Leipzig's. Too many of this. Being destroyed. Not just beaten, destroyed. By Man City. By Liverpool. It's, it, I, I, I love Solskjaer, but there's no, there, there's nothing anymore that says we're on the right track. And we keep hearing about we need to go again, we need to have a response, we need to have a reaction. What reaction? What reaction are you going to give today that you couldn't have given before Sunday? Every single one of those players knew how important that game was to United fans. Under the football club. So what are you going to do now, today, that you didn't do yesterday, that you could have done yesterday? What is Solskjaer going to say to those players that he didn't say before? Because when you see United win games, they're not winning games as a result of a well-coached, well-set-out strategy. It's a result of the opposition not taking chances. You know, being still in games, bailing themselves out. West Ham, Martin Noble missed a penalty. VRL should have had you needed at a side first half. Atlanta should have had needed at a side first half. I mean, this just goes on and on and on and on and on. And you're sitting there, you're going, 
when I look at United's players, and then one day all Evan have better players than Liverpool. But what they don't have, because it wasn't that United and Liverpool wasn't that Liverpool are that much better. They're that much better coached, and that kills me to say that. But if any other manager put a United team out that did that, whatever the reason, whether it's the players' fault or whatever, it doesn't matter. That is a if you're any other top club in the world, you're sacked immediately after that. You can't lose 5-0 at home to Liverpool and then say keep my job after three years with the team that Solskjaer has at his disposal. You can't. You absolutely and, can. And I think the, the thing as well, Phil, is after three years of building a team, the fact that you need to play Fred and McTominay in a game like that is it's sort of it's, it's as if it's your only choice. Just it's, it's very telling. The fact that you've gotten to this point and you're still playing players that were there three years ago in key key positions and all strengths of um, the club have strengthened in other areas. Varane, of course, was was injured and missed the game. Whether he would have made a massive difference, I don't quite think so, given how poor the performance was overall. But when when, when you're three years in and you are playing those two players, albeit you might play naturally defensive players in a game like this, but we've seen time and time again that they're industrious, they worked hard, um, but they aren't of the quality to take United forward on a consistent basis. I always think of Scott McTominay as being someone like a Darren Fletcher, where in an ideal situation, he's he's the sort of player that can come in for some of the crunch games and he can make an impact, but you probably don't want to rely on him every single week. Um, at United's level again that's just my opinion people might disagree uh, I just look the one thing I would say is we've criticised United in the past for having a lack of depth uh, in a peculiar way Phil I feel that United now have more depth than they've ever had before yet they still rely on the same faces there isn't a willingness to start Cavani from, put Cavani in from the start there isn't a willingness for someone like Lingard to come in and maybe add more energy there isn't a willingness to say Shaw's not playing well, I'm going to put Tellez in. There wasn't a willingness against Leicester to say Maguire's not fit. Baye has to start this game. I've given him a new contract. He's fit. Play him. He's fully fit. Let's see what he can do. In a strange sense, I think that's one of the things that's going to cost Ollie. He's got more depth than he's had in the three years, yet he doesn't stray away from the same old uh, players. Maybe that could be due to reputations. And let's be honest, under pressure, we, we, we sometimes don't make our best decisions. And I'm sure he will be feeling this immense pressure. So that's one of the things that I have to say has baffled me at times that, that certain players seem undroppable. I mean, Maguire coming in against Leicester was, was horrific. I know he could say he improved against Atalanta, but the first half was dreadful. Um, and that showed you that although he scored a goal, I don't think he was particularly great. And, and yesterday, again, for a Manchester United captain, his performance on the park was disgraceful. And mm-hmm. I must say, I, I found his interview after the game. And again, I know he's emotional. I know it's probably not the time to speak to him, but I, I didn't get much from that either. Um, saying that I'm only here because I have to be. Maybe again, he at the moment, maybe again, I'm taking that the wrong way. But that just completely and utterly annoyed me. I thought, that's the last thing I want to hear now. I'd actually rather not hear from you at all. I know they have to do media commitments, so someone would have had to have spoken, but I would rather not hear from you at all if that's what you're going to say. Yeah, and I'll have some respect for the fans, you know, um, because they're not there because they have to be. They're there because they chose to be and they paid a lot of money. So maybe you could actually show some respect for the fans that had to sit there and watch that debacle because I'll tell you something, like I said earlier, forget about tactics, forget about everything else. Footballers, professional footballers should be able to do enough on muscle memory 
to be able to have at least a competent performance. Um, because his performance against Leicester was an absolute disgrace. Eh? And, you know, I'll tell you, there's... <laughs> Calm, we're sitting here looking at this United team and we talk about they need a defensive midfielder. I don't care if they send a defensive midfielder. I don't care if they send the best one in the world. United would still look exactly like they do right now. Because that defensive midfielder would not be playing in a unit. That defensive midfielder would be playing in a team that's still all over the place. Because one thing about Fred at the weekend is he run his proverbial bollocks off, but he was the only one. And he's constantly left on own, trying to just close down two, three players, and they pass the ball around him. I mean, go back and watch those goals. They're a disgrace to a professional football team. But I thought against Basigsa here, that goal away, would never see anything like that again. Can see what we saw that first half at Old Trafford? That was an absolute disgrace. I don't even care if you have a caretaker manager that gets appointed the night before a game. I don't care. There's there's 72,000 people inside Old Trafford that could have put a, a better team out than that and how they play it. The players take responsibility too. Those players have given up on Solskjaer. No question about it. No question about it. It was almost, I mean... You see, you see what that you see. You see, they're going to escape the blame, and someone else will come in. You'll get that bounce for a while, and it'll all look great. And Sulzker, maintainless like Mourinho over time. The inefficiencies inside the football club, because it is imperative that when we're, I know that so many people are angry at Sulzker, but you must look past your anger to also realize that he's not the only problem at the football club. Because when Ferguson left, Callum. One of the problems with Ferguson was this. He'd been at the club so long. So the football club never evolved. Where you see top clubs who were used to rotation, you know, two manager in, manager out, manager in, manager out. You know, never had that. So they were essentially a football club operating like a 1990s football club uh, to around 2013. And then when he left, the people above him usurped his power. They didn't want someone coming in that ran the football club top to bottom. To be fair, it's hard to do that today. But a Mourinho and a Van Hal, they don't accept diluted power. But Solskjaer will. And therein lies the problem. Do United and the football club want to turn around and allow a manager to come in and dictate and run the club? See, when you hear Conte having reservations about what goes on above, you, I, I think this is what he's talking about. This is a concern because I think that the the people there was. If you even go back to Ferguson, Calm, there was constant issues, constant conflicts between United's business side and the football side, and Ferguson almost always won those fights. Right, Moyes didn't win those fights. Easy, push him around. Nor did even Mourinho in the end. You know, you heard Mourinho talking about, if we go to the US, I want to be based in one location. I don't want to be scattered all over the place. I want to just stay on the West Coast. Well, guess what? He didn't get to stay just on the West Coast. So this is the problem. You bring in a manager, a top manager that says, you know, the likes of Chelsea, they can afford to get things wrong. They can't afford to get things wrong. Chelsea can go out and spend a couple hundred million and then go out and do it again. 
So can City. And now there's the added factor of Newcastle, who will have a, a, a bunch of money to spend. We talked about this last week, about you know, can't get this next appointment wrong. This one is so important. And I don't have the confidence they'll get it right. In terms of where United go next, I, I, I think it points to Conte and frustrates me as United being public about reservations. It, it's, it's not coming across to me that it's going to get off to the perfect start in terms of a harmonious decision that, that is agreed upon. It suggests to me that there's going to be a split between whoever's going to make that decision. Um, at board level, it definitely doesn't suggest that there's it's going to be a unanimous choice, and and that concerns me because this is a sort of appointment, Phyllis. You've just said that United need to get right, and unfortunately, there is no obvious candidate out there like the other clubs have had in the past. Like when, when Lampard went, Tuchel was available. It was straightforward enough to think whoever sacked their manager, a big club at that time, he was going to be the go-to guy. It just it was obvious um, for for so many reasons. Conte is as close to that as you could possibly get. And the fact that they've got these reservations and making them so public worries me. The other options we talked about Zidane last week. The only other option I can think of, and I've mentioned them before, and I don't think it will happen because I don't see United paying compensation to another football club, to be honest with you. Um, if United still want to cling on to, to, to playing football in a sort of United way on the front foot, then... And Brendan Rodgers, I think, someone that could deliver that. The former Liverpool situation, I'm, I'm sure, would, would drill him out in so many fans' eyes. And I'm not for one saying he's the man I would phone to replace Ollie if he leaves this week. I'm not saying that at all. My only thing is, if they're determined to stick to this so-called Manchester United way of playing, he's probably the obvious candidate in that regard to come in and try and continue playing in the front foot attacking football and, and sticking to that sort of DNA. The only thing that, of course, will go against them. The big thing, the big red flag is the fact that he has managed Liverpool before and whether they'll be able to stomach that, I don't know. You, you mentioned the fact that Sir Matt Busby was at City and, and was at Liverpool. He didn't manage those clubs, whereas Rodgers has managed Liverpool. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't think Rodgers would take United to a title or the Champions League. I think he would improve United over time, but he, he's an early manager for me. Mm-hmm. He's shown that with Leicester in the top four. He showed that with Liverpool. And even towards the end at Celtic, it did get a bit toxic. Um, with him calling out the board up at, up at Celtic I don't think he would do that at United but um, he's, he's definitely another one that I think if the job becomes available I wouldn't be surprised to hear not him directly touting himself for it but I wouldn't be surprised to see his people desperately trying to get that job because although he said he's not leaving Leicester and he's happy 24 hours before he left Celtic he said I'm here for the foreseeable and he couldn't get down to Leicester quick enough so if you're a Leicester fan don't think he's going to stick around if he sees a better option he's always been that way and most managers to be fair and most people within the game always will be I'm just reading Antonio Afropitra Romano's tweet here um, first step has to be the final decision on Solskjaer by the board internal talks still ongoing over how to handle the crisis and Antonio Conte would be perfect to talk about Man United about, uh, would be prepared to talk about United um, uh, with United sorry about this project is revealed today but there's still been no official contact Listen, so even if you want to dispute the fact that Antonio Conte is the defensive manager blah 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 <clears throat> Antonio Conte plays at 3-5-2 his width is his wing backs. Look at how many wide United players have. There's no way Antonio Conte is coming to Manchester United. 
And I'd like to believe that one of the major factors that's going to change this time is the supposed football board. You know, the people who understand the game are going to be involved in this decision. And this is what I'm talking about with power and, and everything else, Callum. If you don't, if, if, if the people involved at United's board aren't also holding themselves accountable for this, this is part of the problem. These things didn't happen by accident. Now, Solskjaer done a, a, I think Solskjaer, certainly at Chelsea, or anyone else would have been sacked, no doubt. But I think he done a, if you, you mentioned this to start a show, say he walked away tomorrow. Once the dust settles and all the anger, I would look back and say, done a good job, done a decent job. You know, he stabilised the football club, was a total mess. He put things in place that will benefit you for years to come and definitely leaves a better football club behind than the one he inherited. Definitely. Right? Anyone that gets a United job today is taking over a better team than the one Mourinho inherited. A better football club. And I am looking at United trying to figure out what went wrong. How did they get, how did they go backwards? You know, they started decent against Leeds. It went okay. And, and they just never have never played well at all this season once. It's just been constantly disjointed. They look nothing like the United that Solskjaer came in when they started playing swashbuckling football on the front foot, you know, beating player, beating teams on the counter-attack, lovely intricate football, uh, at pace, exactly what you want United teams to look at. Look like they, you know, the fitness, everything else. But now they're, they're defensively they're all over the place. Set-piece coach has been a disaster. And there's nothing that you need to bring it into a game, a game plan, something that says this is a direct. When you look at City, you can draw a clear a direct line between Guardiola and the team and the way they play. Klopp, you can draw a direct clear line between Chelsea and the way they play. Or, or Liverpool. Chelsea, you can do the same with Tuchel. But you need it the opposite. But there also has to be a reason why it never works. Why does this keep happening? Van Hal, unbelievable success with all these football clubs he's at. Now you hit it. Okay, you can argue Mourinho wasn't the manager he was. Right? But, you know, we're talking about Conte. So Conte's the obvious choice because he's a good manager and because he's, he, he's had success. But not because of any coherent thought about we need to continue on. This football club has to have a core identity in place that can't be changed by a manager. Gary Neville said this. When, when Solskjaer was appointed, never again can a manager come into Manchester United and dictate exactly how that team needs to look. They need to be they need to be someone that's consistent with United's ethos. This is how we want a manager to play. They need to adapt to us. Okay, this is what the team is set up to be. So we don't have revolution every time a guy comes in. That's not Conte, which makes the choice less obvious. And that's where I get concerned about United. When you put it like that, and again, I'm not saying this to wind people up, I just think Brendan Rodgers. And again, there's, there's the Liverpool situation, as I say, I know, I, I completely understand that. But if you're talking about a manager who has a very good coach who could come in and do that, I'm thinking Brendan Rodgers. The other name that I'm thinking of compared in that style is Pochettino, albeit he was sacked this person, he's having a really poor time in Paris at the moment. Those are two managers that, I, that come to mind as being potentially available who will play in that way. I'm not saying either of them should get the job, but if that's the way United are going to go, 
those are two guys that I can think of straight away. Other than those two, is I don't think Dan's obviously going to fit that. Conte certainly isn't, as you've said. I, I can't quite think of anyone else. I could be missing someone um, who, who's totally obvious, but but those are the two, if, if we're talking about that style of football being a must, who, who I think United could gravitate towards. You know, the other part of this, Callum, as a football club, you know, when that whole Super League thing happened, you could argue nobody treated Solskjaer shambolically and less like a legend than the football club itself. Because to do that behind his back and then push him out in front of our cameras, quite frankly, was despicable. And I'm sure at that point he knew my loyalty here is circumstantial. Once this becomes about profit and about what's for the best for the football club, I'm going to be fair. That's the case in almost every business. Right? So the relationship at that point, you know, we have, we have Ed Redbird coming out saying that um, he was vehemently against the Super League, hence his re- resignation. Which then raises even more questions. That's if you take him at his word. So, how much respect do the owners that football club have for you, for your manager, and for the fans? People who haven't spoken to Manchester United fans in 16 years made a decision above their executive's head. I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that happened. Like that. Especially when you look at a lot of what's been covered since then. Now, I've said this many, many times about Edward Wood, and I know this will bother some United fans. As a human being, he's actually quite a nice person. Right? Um, now, him and I, you know, I, I've met him a couple of times. He's been a thoroughly nice guy to me. Uh, he knows my points of view on things. I've never heard them. Um, you know, I've been quite quite vocal in my, criti- my criticism of <clears throat> Ed and the board. And my reasons why, and uh, I feel that when it's as all, I, I, you know, I know he's going to go. I feel that re- replacing him with Richard Arnold is replacing him like for like really results in nothing, no changes, no change in how United to run as a football club, um, none of that. And I just feel that you know, as important as it is, okay, we know we're at we are at the end stages of the Solskjaer tenure there's no doubt about it at this point it would be a bigger story if he turned it around than what he would be if he sacked if they were if he was sacked he doesn't have any friends left the narrative is set the players blame him they've all leaked they've made sure they've got their you know and, and see this is where Solskjaer's slightly naive and this is where Mourinho showed his experience Mourinho can see the sack in common he smells it so what does he do he starts advertising for his next job Starts making sure he distributes blame all around. So turning turning around doing, that's 100% my fault. That's all great in the press. You got to think of your next job. All right? And so this is where Solskjaer is a little bit naive in taking all the blame. Mourinho made sure he knew United fans had, were suspicious about the people above him and made sure they got a healthy dose. Now Solskjaer's reluctant to do that because that will get him the sack 100%. Right, but Mourinho knew it was coming, and I just feel that Solskjaer is—he's going to get spat out, chewed up and spat out. He's going to get sacked, and uh, taking the blame, 100% of the blame. If I was his agent, I would be saying, "Hey, maybe that's not the smartest strategy in the world." 
Indeed, and uh, uh, the only th- the thing I would say with that though is, and the thing that saddens I think anyone with any form of of, of empathy who who doesn't uh, resort to just throwing bile every time they disagree with something is the fact that you can see that the man clearly cares for Manchester United. You could, I'll be honest with you, watching him walk down the touchline, he looked as if he was on mm-hmm. the verge of tears. He, he, he yes. looked absolutely devastated. I, I found it. I found it tough to watch as the camera just panned that. He just, he just looked like he, he wanted to, the, the earth to swallow him whole. And I think that's how everyone who's a, a Manchester United fan felt based in the game. He he definitely was, he definitely just looked the way we were all feeling. And I think that's the thing that hurts me with this is I want him to leave with some level of dignity. I I, I don't think you need to abuse him and, and throw rubbish mm-hmm. at him because he doesn't, doesn't no no human being deserves that. Steve Bruce came out and I know Newcastle fans weren't a fan of Steve Bruce at all, but when he came out with that statement, again, if, if you've got no compassion to think he has got a family, he, he his family have to read this, his family have to see this, then, then you're, not, you're not human in many senses because whether you think someone's doing a great job or whether they're doing a poor job, there's ways to treat people. There's ways to speak about people. And Ollie, if Ollie, well, I say if, when Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer leaves the club, he's not left the club um, having tried to cause trouble. He's not left the club having tried to be egotistical and put himself before the club that maybe other people have in the past. He's not tried to 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 just do things in a way that suits him. He's always tried to do the best for the club. Now, in the long run, when we look at it in the here and now, it's simply not going to go any further. It's been a good job to this point, but now, now is the natural end point. Now they're in a few weeks or a few days or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I want to say, fellas, the amount of toxicity online. Oh, I, know Twitter, I, know, I know Twitter's a cesspit. You should look at that as real life. But it's, 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 it's absolutely depressing. I just do not... And Gary Neville as well. Now, Gary Neville is not going to call for a manager to be sacked. He didn't call for Moyes to be sacked. He didn't call for Van Hal to be sacked. He didn't call for Mourinho to be sacked. He's not going to call for all to be sacked. He also didn't do it with Wenger. He's never called for a manager to be sacked. I, I, people who are abusing him and calling him a fraud and this and that, I just don't understand it. He's never called for a man to be sacked. He's not going to start now. And he isn't going to feed your toxicity. At the end of the day, he even said it Monday night, I know him well. I probably am a bit biased. I'm probably not the person to ask on this. And I think people need to accept that rather than try and than try and throw enough rubbish at someone to make them snap. I just don't get the benefits of that. I don't understand the obsession with trying to cancel people, the obsession with trying to, to, to get people to, to bite. Um, ratios and all this stuff people talk about it's just utterly bizarre you need and, and the thing I want to say Phil just one last thing on this you support Manchester United mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've said this whether it's Fred Red in the dugout whether it's Ollie whether there's no manager in the dugout and the team is picking itself you support Manchester United if Ollie leads Manchester United on Saturday evening I want Manchester United to win I want to see a good performance. I want to see him succeed while he's in that job. The amount of people, and again, maybe they're doing it for attention, who said, I want Liverpool to win to finish it. <laughs> You're not a Manchester. No, nobody, no fan wants their team to lose. I'm sorry. No fan wants their team to lose. And if they do, someone needs to sit me down and explain to me the logic behind that because 
as I say, I just don't understand why you'd want your team to lose. You support your team to the hilt through good times, through bad times. You don't give up on Manchester United. You don't even give up on Oli. You just accept that maybe this is the time to move on and good luck to him with whatever he does next. He'll always have a legacy as a player and he'll always be remembered, at least for being a bridge where United could be going back to the top. So all the negativity, all the bile and toxicity that you're throwing at not only Oli and the club, but fellow fans and, and fellow human beings... Give it up, give it a rest, express your, your view, do it respectfully and, 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 and accept that people have the right to disagree. I know we've forgotten that in the world now, everything's polar opposite. You're either for someone or you're not, you're in or you're out. Mm. But show some level of decency because the slanging match achieves nothing for anyone. It just makes it just makes everybody miserable in the end, in my opinion. Mate, you bring up something that um, is, and I, I mean, I, I might be wrong here, but I think especially in the last few months, it's become almost unusable. Now, I have to mute so many of my conversations just simply because I can't deal with what comes back. And I don't understand how we have reached a point. And I used to say, this is all young kids. That was the one thing that I would console myself with. It has to be young teenagers. But that's not enough. I see grown men do this. How have we reached a situation in society where grown men and women are so emotionally immature that they can't accept even a relatively benign point of view that's different from themselves? Ollie done a decent job. You're a fucking cunt! Fuck you! Burn in hell, you scumbag! Fuck you, you pedo! That resulted in you doing that because someone had a different point of view to you? Because if you don't think that's what I get back, ubiquitously, by the way, you're wrong. It's unreadable. I sit there and I go, I read on Twitter a billion points of view that I snigger at, I laugh at, I'm like, clearly ridiculous whenever I see someone say, finish the job. It doesn't provoke me to then reach for libelous insults. And this is where we're at. I put a tweet out earlier, right, that said, and I'll read it to you. If it's to be the end, it will deeply sadden me. He's a thoroughly decent man who loves the club into his soul. He's done everything he can to bring back the glory days, and he's a club legend. Liverpool fans were here at Douglas and respected him. We can do the same. That has provoked people to, he's, he's shit, he's not good enough. Paul, that's not what I'm saying. And it's just a litany of abuse. And you're going, is this where we're at? This is where we're at? Did a football opinion results in you behaving like a petulant six-year-old? You're a grown man. And except, one, Twitter's not great for nuance. Right? Two, you know, social media is going to have a wide variety of different views. And for, as a result, because of this, I, I can't read most of my ads because I'm not willing to sit there and read me being called a pedophile because I have a different point of view. I don't think you're a pedophile because you think differently than me. And in fact, if you can actually express that respectfully, I welcome it. But if you can't, then the problem is you, not me. 
Because you see, then, they, they, honestly, Twitter to me just looks like a bunch of 12 to 18 year olds just repeatedly taking the piss out of each other and doing it as despicably as they can. I have no interest in that. If someone wants to have a legitimate discussion with me, go ahead. If you don't even want to disagree with me, go ahead. But the minute you start saying stuff like that, we're done. And that's unfortunately what 90% of it is. I can't read it. It's just I don't understand it. I'm upset too. I'm hurt. You know, it's, I wanted to tweet a bunch of stuff on Sunday. I deliberately didn't. I put my phone down. I said, no, I'll do it because I'm angry. And a lot of this stuff I regret later. And I'm glad I did that. But you see that social media platform? It's becoming totally unusable because it is saturated with that. Hi, good morning. Fuck you, Pino! That's what happens. It's terrifying. And one of the, the people here in the UK that made a point in this was Simon Jordan. He said that he thinks you should be given an, an option to verify yourself. Um, and you should, once, once you've done that, be given the option to um, stop receiving uh, any interactions from unverified accounts. So they can still tweet you. You just won't see it because you've turned that function off. Mm. Now, whether, whether people want to be given more data to big tech, obviously, is a... A philosophical question for another day, but but something has to be done on that because it's it's not help. It's just not helpful for anyone. It's not helpful for anyone. And these people, as you've talked about, Phil, and so have I. Yes, they're, they're masking their own pain by trying to throw pain at others, but there's help out there for that sort of thing. You know that 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 can only be a temporary release. Eventually, if you're feeling bad, there's only so much crap you can throw at someone else before you start to realise that you've been feeling crap all along and I think that's the thing that, that worries me with it, it's, as you say something as, as simple as good morning or whatever it may be just gets the most vile abuse and response back and and, and, and not just even for, 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 for yourself or or for um, or, or, or for me I mean yesterday I tweeted I thought Ronaldo was a lucky boy with, a, uh, with the instant in the, in, the, in the first half and I was told uh, to to shut the shut the hell up and no one even asked you and I thought well, I okay I'm I'm not I'm not even allowed to express well no one asked you what your opinion is of my <laughs> opinion so you felt we need to volunteer but okay you know but bizarre but the one thing I wanted to point out as well and we, we we're passionate about this and we've spoken about it off air a lot we we get it other journalists other uh, football writers other podcasters other football fans get it but. We, we're male and we get the abuse that I see for some of the female fans. Oh, man, and others is I mean, we, we, we get some, some bad messages, etc. But the things that they're having to put up with is just... It's they beyond them of a different nature. It's, it's beyond deplorable. And, it really is. And, and I've seen examples of that in recent days as well. And, and, and I think the one thing that we're emphasising and the Coldeans and others are emphasising is why can't we have a civilised debate where you might say, I think all of deserves time to the end of the season, and I go, no, I disagree with you, and here's my reasons why. At the end of the day, you might still hold your opinion at the end, and I still might hold yeah, mine. We don't need to be converted. Too many yeah. times now people think everyone has to have this uniform opinion, and if you don't, you're wrong, and you're an idiot, yes. and you're a fraud, and you're this. We have lost the ability um, to, to debate in, in a sensible manner. We've lost... We've lost the, the ability to, to compromise and, and it just baffles me. And as I say, something has to be done because this this cannot continue to go on. And not even just to do with football, but to do with society as well. Because if as I say, if that's how people are feeling online, 
it's very easy to understand why players or, or whoever involved in the game play up to a certain crowd because they feel that they have to. And I'm not I'm not accusing anyone in particular of doing that, but it'd be easy to understand that people could be influenced by this, you know, and, and, and it worries me. It really does. Uh, you look, social media is a mirror to human behaviour in our society. And uh, unfortunately, it's not complimentary. And I understand there's a lot of people in pain. I mean, Callum, I could sit here and read you off a list of my personal problems that I'm dealing with right now, some of which are extremely severe. And for many people, it would put them in a very dark place. As you know, I have to deal with my own mental health. Um, but I try to get up and I have an intention of being as, po- as positive as possible all day. Because once I get in a negative dark cycle, I stay there. It affects my relationship with my kids. It affects my relationship with my family. It affects my relationship with everything. And so for me, I don't feed that. And my kid goes on Twitter. He sees this. He's 14. And he comes back because, you know, he's an American kid growing up in a immigrant household, so he's very familiar with British-Irish vernacular. And so he sees it. And he comes to me and he's like, why did someone call you a pedophile after saying Solskjaer, you know, is not the only one to blame? Did, you know, what do you think that does to him? Thank God my other children are too young to read this. Can't be proud of me to his friends because if they go and look at my Twitter feed, they see me being called a pedophile. What do you think it does to them? Parents of kids that I coach reading me being called a pedophile. This it's is a, just, man, this it's is, just this unbelievable. Is, yeah, see, that's defamation. Right? That has very serious consequences in people's lives. That's not a joke. That's not fucking funny. And I mean this when I say this. I will litigate against that for this very reason. I'm not having that. Not against me, not against anyone. And you're quite right to bring up the despicable gender-based abuse that's levelled at women for having the audacity of having a different opinion. Who the fuck do these people think they are? And I'm sorry for the amount of profanity I've used on this podcast because that's all I like to do. I know a lot of you listen to this with kids and stuff in the car. But the reflection of my anger towards this and my utter contempt towards it, and again, my apologies to those I don't interact with on Twitter because unfortunately, these scumbags render the platform unusable. My interactions with my followers now are at an all-time low because most of the time I just tweet something and I have to put my phone down because I know what's coming back. It doesn't matter what it is. And the entitlement of people that think that it's funny and it's okay and it, and the, the, it somehow reflects positively on them is astonishing to me. It, it's, it's, it's deeply concerning and... 
that's the thing that I think people need to start remembering. It's not only the person that, that you're aiming your message at that sees it. It's the family, as you've mentioned. It's colleagues and it's people that care about them. And it's very hard to watch someone that you care about deeply receive that level of, 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 of abuse, particularly when it's your own family, because the natural instinct um, is, is to want to, to bite back. It's to want to to say something but deep down that's what these people want and that's what they know because they know that if they can make you bite back that you've got 40 odd or 50 odd thousand followers that that'll become a story somewhere and that's what these people know and that's what really annoys me about all of this you saw but even Jesse Lingard at the weekend getting abused as he's mm-hmm. warming up and shouted that people want him to bite back so that they can make a story out of it so that they can make make it about them and say I caused that and that that just completely it baffles me and concerns me. And as I've said, if people are struggling and people are feeling rubbish, then don't throw crap at other other people. Do something about it. Do something you enjoy. Speak to your pal. Speak to your family. Um, if, you, if you're on your own, maybe join a club. Go and speak to someone if you feel that you need help. Throwing rubbish at people, it's, only a te- it's not a temporary fix for me, I'll be honest, but I, I can understand why it might be a temporary fix for someone else. But something needs to be done. Something needs to change because at the end of the day, uh, this is it's bigger than football. It's bigger than even what we're talking about tonight. We all stay in or all going. I mean, people need to need to be able to to interact with each other with some sense of common decency and and hopefully, no matter what happens at United, whether Ollie stays for now, whether he goes tonight, tomorrow, or whatever it may be, hopefully some common decency can return to the fore. But unfortunately, given that platform, as you've mentioned, that we both use, I, I won't hold my breath. Honestly, Callum, there's a bunch of United, so-called United fans that I really wish they never got the pleasure of being successful because one thing they don't exhibit is the attributes of a fan, of loyalty and everything else. And so I've never known an era quite like it where your support of a football club is contingent upon your favourite guy being manager. And if not, you want your team to lose. I've never in my life ex- experienced any type of era that's similar to that. Um, I don't care who... I don't care if Fred West is managing Man United. I don't want them to lose. Never. Right? That I, I can't bring myself to do that. I can understand people saying that, uh, you know, look, it's the last game of the season. You know, it's a meaningless game. If we lose, uh, 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 hasten someone exit. Okay, fine. But to ask in the middle, you know, first part of a season to go lose against Liverpool because you get the manager sacked. I mean, if we're genuine in a situation where Solskjaer needs to win his next game to save his job, he's already been sacked anyway. Because you can't survive off a game-by-game basis. You either have confidence in your appointment or you don't. And if you're really to the point where, oh, if he loses this week, he's gone, you've already made the decision. Because you don't have confidence in what he's doing. You know, Martin Edwards always says Ferguson wasn't going to get sacked had he have not lost to Forest. I don't know because of all the work that allegedly was going on behind the football club. So if you're seriously reduced to someone's tenure down to 90 minutes, that means you have no confidence across all the other things they do in the football club. And if we're in that territory, he's sacked anyway. And I think he'll go, right? But I'll tell you something else, Callum. The way the United support base on Twitter is split, divided, is so disgusting to me. I don't care if you have different views, but the way you converse with each other is a total embarrassment. Total embarrassment. Anyway, 
Calm, mate. I don't want to make this all about uh, poor me and all that there, but, but honestly, that 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 platform from I'm for my mental health, uh, I'm spending a lot less time on it because I just I can't. Um, Calm, mate. We'll go ahead and leave it there. Um, I think the next time we do this podcast, um, you know, we'll have a new manager. Uh, what uh, what do you think? I'm leaning towards that as well, and just based on while we're speaking now, just to round off the show, uh, as you look at the Marzio has has posted an article that Antonio Conte wants the Manchester United job, and there are some other reports coming from Gazeta della Sport that United have made preliminary, if I can say the word, contact mm-hmm. with Conte's people. Again, it's all part of the stage and the theatre when it comes to these sorts of things. Uh, whether anything will come to it, we'll see, but I have no doubts that the next time we record Ole Gunnar Solskjaer won't be Manchester United manager and it's sad that it's come to this but unfortunately I can understand why as well. Absolutely, I agree. Um, Callum, we'll go ahead and leave it there mate. Thanks for, as always, thanks to all of you for all your positive messages and support of which the vast majority are positive folks, no question about that. Um, thanks to all of you for all of that um, and uh, if you're struggling with mental health, always remember I'm 100% behind you. I know this is tough. I promise you, this will get better. There's things you can do to go and improve your mental health. Like I said earlier, if only you knew what was going on in my life right now, <laughs> um, which is not exactly something you want to be dealing with. But I get up every day and try to be positive. Um, I hope the same for you. Calm. Uh, I will catch up with you later on in the week, mate. Take it easy. All the best. Take care. See you, man. Bye.